Welcome to the podcast. This is Behind the Movement. I'm Kyle Fincham. Thank you for being here, uh, or being wherever you are, but listening. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited to share this conversation that I had with Alicia Grayson last week. Um, it was really wonderful. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to waste too much time. just want to get a couple of announcements out of the way. The first is um, I published a, uh, a blog just the other day called A Watercourse Way, where I talk a little bit about dogma and everyone's unique journey in the practice of movement and the discovery of infinite play that I'm sharing now. Uh, Yeah, I'm happy with the piece. I'm proud of it. If uh, you want to check it out, you can go to movementbrooklyn.com and it's on the blog page. Also, uh, I'll be facilitating infinite play in just a couple days um, in Miami. Uh, that's this Saturday, the 19th of June at 9 a.m. If you're in the Miami area, I would love to see you there. Um, you can still sign up uh, by going to movementbrooklyn.com and just going to our uh, events page. And then next month, I'll be back in Boulder because Block 1750 is doing a movement research camp and I'll be teaching uh, as one of the guest teachers for that um, alongside uh, a lot of really incredible teachers who will be participating uh, spanning a lot of different disciplines. So if you're not in Colorado, it may be worth a trip to, uh, to check it out. Um, so that is July 12th through the 16th, I believe. It's five days, and the classes will go on from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. every day. Some will be indoors, some will be outdoors. Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be really wonderful. So um, if you want to sign up, you can go to block1750.com, or you can go to movementbrooklyn.com, and we have a link to it on our events page as well. Um, Yeah, that's it. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to uh, this conversation with Alicia. Uh, I really was really fortunate to cross paths in, in, in person with Alicia not too long ago in Colorado, where we met. And, you know, she, she started coming to the, the jams that I was doing out in the park in Boulder. And we got to chatting, and I discovered that, you know, she has been teaching contact improv for over 30 years and has traveled the world teaching. Um, you know, we got to have some some short conversations before and after the jams. Um, just before Alexa and I left Boulder, she gave me my first contact improv lesson and it was amazing and I'm uh, looking forward to doing co- contact improv again soon. Um, If you're not familiar with uh, Alicia's work, let me read you a little bit of her bio here. Um, 
she's been passionately involved with dancing, teaching, and performing contact improv for the past 33 years. She's taught uh, contact as an adjunct faculty at George Washington University, University of Denver, Naropa University, and Shenandoah University. She teaches contact classes in Boulder, Colorado, yoga, Pilates, uh, yoga and Pilates online, and regularly travels nationally and internationally to teach. Her longtime practices of authentic movement, yoga and Pilates, and her love of nature are important influences on her dancing and teaching. She facilitates women's somatically-based transformational workshops online and in person. She's a certified Hakomi therapist, certified perinatal somatic attachment therapist, and a certified feminine power transformational coach and facilitator. She is currently training to be a biodynamic breath and trauma release practitioner. She delights in exploring and discovering new depths to contact improvisation and related disciplines and is particularly interested in the intersection of physics and expression and the mind-body relationship. Uh, I really love speaking with Alicia. I love speaking with her before we got to record this, so it was really special to get to have her on for, for this long-form conversation. Um, yeah. Let's get to it. This is my conversation with Alicia Grayson. How was, um, how was your class over at the, at the circus school? Uh, it's going great. We've had two classes uh, so far. And it's just such a pleasure to be back in the in the groove of sharing what I love with people in person. Yeah. And it feels fresh and uh, like a lot of discovery, but discovering things that are like I already know on a certain level, but discovering them at a deeper level. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting. It's I mean maybe one of the silver linings of like a year long kind of step away from in person teaching, right? Completely, it's definitely a silver lining. Yeah. yeah. What what are some of those things? I mean, if you're able to like articulate them. Yeah. So yesterday, last night, I actually had a class, and one is. Kind of getting at a deeper level after having moved with a few people and witnessed them, the importance of knowing where the earth is at all times. I mean, I know that I've taught it for decades, but there's something that's even more crystal clear. Like, it's we have to work with that principle or contact doesn't work, mm -hmm. um, movement doesn't work. Like, where's the earth and then the rebound into space? Where's the relationship to space? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that. And I thought that was such like a, and when we, when we did our thing. Right. Um, and I just thought it was so simple and poignant as most poignant things are, quite yep. simple. Um, but it, it, I kept thinking of it as like, you know, it's not just two dance partners. No. And, and there's the relationship to the earth through your own body, but then it's sensing that relationship through your partners. 
And so the clearer you are in your own relationship to the earth, then that becomes readable to your partner because you're organized. They can feel your own body organization. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and sometimes it's super subtle. Like it might look like it from the outside and then you get in there and you're dancing with somebody and it's like, like the trajectory is just like a centimeter off. Mm -hmm. Like they're not aiming to the feet, they're aiming just to the side of the feet and it makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it asks a lot of like, uh, of our senses. I mean, of all of our senses, it's a real sensory experience. Yeah, yeah. And when you, when you feel it, when you feel that connection to the earth, just like right now when we're sitting, you know, you can receive the vertic verticality of the down so that then there's like a rebound back up into, into space, which actually is energizing. Mm -hmm. um, so same thing when you're in contact, but you're sharing it, you're sharing uh, the weight. Mm -hmm. and uh, You're sharing that rebound back up and meeting in the point of contact, which is the point of where the communication happens. Yeah. And when, and when you and I spoke, you know, I, I brought up how I had taken that class and the teacher was referencing this idea of like being humble in, in being willing to like ask the earth for help, ask the ground for help. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized working with you and honestly, I mean, in pretty much all the things we do, but really in contact, like it, it, it asks a lot of, of my humility you know, I, I need to be at, willing to ask the ground for help, to ask you for help, right? And, 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 and not just be willing to ask for it, but also be willing to receive it. Yeah, I think the receiving is, is key there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, because the earth is always, it's like the earth is always receiving our bodies. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and if we can receive that support, then we're free <laughs> in mm -hmm. a certain way. It's like we accept, we receive the, and this is all very on a very physical level, but you know, you can also have it as a metaphor, but you receive that support. And then, you know, like anything's possible, <laughs> mm -hmm. but and if I you don't, if you're not, then you're working way, way harder because then it becomes a mind thing and, and a trying and a planning and a not being present with actually the physical dynamics that are happening in the moment. Yeah, I sometimes wonder, like it's almost maybe like a, a product of our like current physical culture that we almost, that a lot of people believe that whatever physical activity they partake in is supposed to be depleting as opposed to energizing and, and efficient. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, and I think there's truth to that. It's almost because there's, you know, most of our culture, or a lot of our culture is quite sedentary with all the, you know, reliance on technology. And then people like need the absolute opposite <laughs> yeah. to balance it out. But uh, there, there's a disconnect almost in both of the extremes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I spoke to somebody who she's a dancer as well. I'm sure she has some contact improv background. Her name's Elka Schroeder and I had her here on and we chatted and she was talking about how like we should have a practice where when we're done doing it, 
and we walk kind of into our day that we feel more alive than when we started as opposed to like ready to go to bed. Oh, completely. Mm -hmm. Completely. And I think that that has a lot to do with, yeah, relationship to earth, but also um, like really tuning in to tuning into the moment and what, what actually feels aligned and energizing and engaging moment to moment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that we aren't like, just like pushing through something. Cause that's and de depleting on so many levels, not just physically, but it's not satisfying creatively, creatively yeah. or mentally. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. I feel like if someone jumped in and was listening right now, they, they, it, it sounds as if we're just talking about life, but that's really what it is. It's like it, 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 contact improv is really a beautiful metaphor. It is. It totally is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In so many ways. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, one of the, one of the big ways I think it is also is because it's a, it's a partnering dance, sometimes with two people, sometimes with multiple uh, that the most satisfying dances are like when you're totally in your own groove and creativity and the other person is too, and then the synergy of the two. But if you're waiting for somebody else to kind of bring you, bring you into that creative state, it's like, it's kind of like codependency, you know? Mm. So it's like pe both people, when both people show up fully, and then, then the possibility for the magic to happen um, is amplified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like as like a teaching contact specifically that when you work with people, you get a, a very real and quick glimpse into who they are just kind of in life, like once you kind of feel how they operate with another person, even if they're new. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I definitely get a flavor. It's not like what I'm, where my mind goes to first, mm -hmm. but certainly you get a sense of somebody, um, you know, the tone of their body, um, you know, if it's a collapsed tone or a high tone, like really muscular, um, so then it's like, oh, then you know some, there's something around their energetics of how they show up in life. Mm -hmm. um, or if they're you know, trying to make things happen and not, not kind of listening and waiting. And so, um, or if they're just afraid to, to take any, to follow any of their impulses. So all of those things, yes, can, you know, how we show up in the dance can be very much a reflection of how we show up in life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's really, it's really magical. And it's also, it's so intimate in this beautiful way. I mean, I told you, it reminds me a lot of jujitsu mm -hmm. and, you know, that, that closeness is something that we, I mean, obviously it's you and I are recording over zoom right now, which is kind of an irony considering we're talking about contact improv, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you know, that, that intimacy asks more of these other senses, you know, we, I think we talked about this a little bit before, but like our 
we depend so much on our eyes mm-hmm. in, in life and not that they're not powerful, but like we lean hard into them. Right. And, I, and like jujitsu, it's like, in some ways the eyes maybe aren't the dominant sense all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's these other senses that ask us to be closer to somebody, you know, mm-hmm. like, like touch and hearing, like, you know, all these things that draw us closer together. And um, that, that's a unique experience. Just, I realized like considering how we tiptoe through life most days. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And certainly this last year and a half without a lot of touch for many people, uh, you know, contact improvisation obviously is, it's contact, it's touch mm-hmm. and improvising in contact. So um, there's something around, mm, we, we know something that we don't know in through our eyes, through touch. And it's not only just like surface level skin touch, but you know, we can touch anything, an object, a person, an animal, touch things in our imagination. And we can actually know like the wholeness of them, if that makes sense. Like, so say if I were to touch you, I could go, okay, like, okay, this is the texture of your skin, or I can touch you in a way that actually I feel your whole body, which that is when kind of looping back to what we were speaking about earlier with the earth is like being able to feel the earth through your entire body, that relationship through a single touch. And we can do that, you know, with the chair I'm sitting on or, you know, really anything, but it's much more interesting with a human than the chair. Yeah. It's true because everything with our eyes, it's like, maybe they're just like good guesses when we mm-hmm. think about like what it, something or a person or something might look, might feel like, mm-hmm. but until you put your hands on it, you really don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's something around the, touching touching somebody is an extending extending your curiosity into them you know i'm using my hand right now but in contact improvisation can be any part of the body but this like oh curiosity is extended through the touch just like we might use our eyes to be curious about something we see but it's this curiosity through the touch and then the curiosity can be met back And then that is like the point of, it's called the point of contact when wherever the two people are touching, it's like, oh, and what's possible here? That doesn't have to do with personality and, you know, so much of touch people think of as like, you know, intimacy, sexual intimacy, or, you know, like a hug or, but the thing about contact improvisation is it's, it's, it's rooted in the, in the physicality of our relationship with the earth. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, you know, our personalities come into it, but it's not like I'm relating to your personality. <laughs> it's fundamentally like I'm relating to the earth through your body and you're relating through the earth through my body. And then that's, that's the consistent. And then 
if that is there, then the freedom to the creativity happens rather than the creativity happening on top of it. It's, it's like it emerges from that. Right. Which is like, I mean, that's life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like creativity is an emergence. Yeah. It's an emergence rather than, um, yeah, kind of like a top down, like I want to, I want to be creative. <laughs> it doesn't mm-hmm. usually work that way. Yeah. Well then, then, then it's kind of like contrived at that point. And that's that forcing yep. or control that you, you, you spoke briefly on. Where right. Which you can feel mm-hmm. so acutely in contact improvisation. Mm-hmm when somebody's got an idea about something and they aren't quite present in the moment and they've got an idea of like, let's go here, or I wanna do this thing or, but whatever's happening in the moment actually isn't aligned with that. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a disconnect between the, the emerging of the moment of physicality with some idea. So how to like practice that whatever is happening physically then actually is like, is the emergence of, of whatever's next, you know, mm-hmm. whatever's next isn't revealed until the moment it's revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a, you know, for, a culture that's, you know, growing more and more, I don't know, seemingly dependent on control. It really challenges the status quo. Sure, definitely. It's, you know, I think it's a scary thing for mm-hmm. many people to let go of control because we, we feel like if we have some control, then we can, we feel safer, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a good practice. <laughs> well, I think that, I think that that's what's, you know, I think sometimes people and maybe, and I'm cur- curious what you think, but I, I, I think sometimes people compartmentalize like so many of the things in their life, like, oh, well now I do my movement or I do my fitness or I do my studying or I do this. And then this other part is my life and this other part's my job and this other part's my relationship. Right. And, and might forget that like, you know, it's actually all kind of a oneness that's happening all together at the same time. And if I practice something that asks a certain way of me, it it has the potential to transcend into all the things that I do. Yeah. Right. So like if, if I'm, if I'm practicing this willingness to welcome surprise and uncertainty and curiosity and emergence, Mm. um, then that has the potential to transcend into like how I navigate other things in my life. Absolutely. And that's, that's like the wonder of it um, mm-hmm. for sure. Like um, I think with contact improvisation because it's improvisational and it, it, you know, part of the practice is not to plan to, to be present with what, what is and, and sort of like this extending of uh, curiosity and delight into what, what emerges next. Mm -hmm. I see that directly um, translating 
into my work as a, uh, working with people one-on-one -on -one in groups with more um, um, somatic psychotherapy and uh, life coaching, that sort of thing, that, um, that that skill is directly translatable. And it's actually the thing, the part of it that I like the most. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah you know yeah it's that uh that willingness to let it i don't know everything be like a controlled accident yeah and there's something around the not knowing then that allows allows for new possibility to emerge mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, it, and and it has this like and again this is i mean if anyone tuned in right now, I'd be like, oh, this is, they're talking about life. But it really is the celebration of, of these two things that I've really been spending a lot of time thinking about. And that's like uh, impermanence, which mm -hmm. is change mm -hmm. and, you know, things being ephemeral and imperfection, you know, because as you said, when we first sat down to start doing contact improv, um, you said that it was not um, codified, mm -hmm. right? So it wasn't like there's, there is a way or this is like the right and this is the wrong. It's just, it is. And there's like, um, you can tell when something is powerful with that like emergence or when something is forced, but like, it just is. Right. I'd say the one thing that sort of in, in my understanding of contact improvisation is the one thing that does distinguish it from just two people improvising together is that you are working with the physical forces, the force of gravity and momentum and rebound. And so that you're always partnering with that so, you know, if people are just kind of touching each other and improvising, um, you know, that's, yes, you're in contact and you're improvising, but in my, um, you know, in my understanding, in my research with it, that the component of actually having a relationship with the earth is foundational with it. And that's actually where things like weight bearing and being aerial and um, can happen. Not that that's the end point, but more that it, it creates a ground of, of, again, knowing the, instead of just the surface level of touch, which would happen if you don't know where the ground is. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I, I can know something about this person's skin, but I know nothing about the rest of their body. Mm -hmm but in the kind of touch and not always, but it just as a, as a foundation, a core principle of contact improvisation is that our touch allows us to know something about the entirety of somebody's body in relationship to the earth. Right. It reminds me of this um, thing that one of my jujitsu teachers said he was, I think it was something along the lines of jujitsu doesn't start until we put our hands on each other. Mm. When we're not connected, Jiu-jitsu hasn't started yet. Hmm. Jiu-jitsu starts once we're actually like feeling each other's weight. Uh-huh. And it, it's similar to what you were describing there. 
Yeah, it is. And it's also interesting during this time of the pandemic where at least myself and many, many people who practice contact didn't get to at all. And, um, but doing it in other ways like over Zoom or dancing in person, but at a distance and bringing some of the principles of contact improvisation into non-contact. <laughs> so that was, that's been definitely a stretch. So what, so what did that look like? Oh, for example, solo dancing, uh, working with objects, working with walls, working with the floor, working with large physio balls, working with really anything that shows up. I mean, I've danced in this room hundreds of times now this year, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'm still amazed at like how the same object, like the chair I'm sitting in, um, each, each encounter is like a whole new being. Mm -hmm depending on, you know, how I'm, where I'm putting my attention. And so that's one example. And another is um, working, dancing outside with people, which I was doing throughout the pandemic, but not in contact. Uh, using the imagination. <laughs> For, for touch. Mm. And so how that imagination can actually be also felt, not just a visual, but felt in the body as if there were touch. And with, with whoever I'm dancing with, but also the trees, the sky, the um, sometimes in the imagination, but sometimes actually really tangible with, with trees with grass, with rocks, <laughs> mm -hmm. whatever environment I'm in. Right, so things where it's like either, it's either tangible or, or imaginary, like, but almost asking some sort of like use of our touch in, in some way to something. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, whether it's actual physical touch or imaginary physical touch. Mm -hmm. Because then it, it, it creates some more depth in the experience. I mean, I'm not, it, I mean, if you imagine like um, a tree, you might get a visual of a tree, but then it's like, what does it feel like to actually be touching the tree and what part of the tree are you touching? And how is the tree touching you? And so that just opens, opens the experience in a deeper way. It's really interesting, like uh, experiment as well. When you think about like everybody's unique perception of the world, right? If you get 10 people together and tell them to imagine that they're moving with a tree and touching a tree and everything, and you look around and how different it is because everybody, when you say tree, we can have a conversation about it. But when the image that comes to our head is so unique. Mm -hmm. So to see the image of a tree that each person thinks of is so, some people are, the first thing that comes is redwood. Right. And some people see a stump. Right. Mm -hmm. Or a palm tree in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then how, and then, then beyond that, like how, 
how one would imagine touching the tree or interacting with the tree. That's going to be all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, depending on each person's imagination. So, which also is probably related to their own life experience. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what's so amazing about when people get to express themselves through their, I mean, in any way, but like when the imagination comes out and you get to see it for a moment, a real image of like how they see something, even something small, it's like, oh, wow, that's so unique and different from what I see. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just actually right now imagining I was, I was dancing with a tree and the first one, because I live up in Colorado and there's a lot, a lot of conifers and conifers and the um, the bark tends to be kind of rough. And so mm-hmm. it was like, oh yeah, that like kind of scaly, kind of hugging a limb, like slide. And then I was like, oh, but an aspen tree, it's got much smoother bark. And it's like, and it also has this like a little bit of, um, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like a chalky stuff that comes off on your skin. Mm-hmm. And how moving with that again, is a completely different experience, just right. like a completely different person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, the, the first tree you described, you're like, oh, you actually kind of have to be pretty cautious about how you navigate because you don't want to like scrape yourself. But the other one, you can be a little more, you know, take a few more risks because it is softer. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Not one, one's not better than the other. One might, you have more, you might have more subtle subtlety with because you got to be more cautious in a certain way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how, you know, because you said, you know, teaching has been so exciting to go back to after all of this time and with all these kind of like rich experiences that you've had in the last year and change. And I know from chatting with you outside of here that you were doing a lot of other education for yourself. You were taking people, other people's online classes, you know, for the last month and change, you came out and started doing the, the jams I was doing in the park. So you were kind of taking in all this new information and all these new reflections and playing with these new tools. Um, are, are you bringing any of those tools in, in new and unique ways to when you're teaching a live group now? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of that is just going to be revealed with time because now I've only taught two live classes. <laughs> and um, actually, one thing you in our conversation a couple of weeks ago, uh, you mentioned somebody naming the difference between teaching and facilitating. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm also a trained facilitator, and I'm actually a mentor facilitating. Uh, facilitator. So helping those who are learning to be facilitators and giving them feedback. And so what I'm noticing, at least in the last two classes, (laughs) um, that's been more in the foreground of, yeah, how do I, how do I create experiences so that supports their own discoveries? Not that I didn't do that before, but it's, it's, I think at a more conscious level that that is the pedagogy. That's the way in rather than, well, I want to teach them this skill and this skill and this skill. It's more like, 
how to, yeah, how to support discovery. Mm. Yeah, I spend a lot of time thinking about that. I mean, that was Shuri Yaziv who, who said that to me, who I, I, I hope you two get to connect at some point because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's some magic to be made between you two. Um, Great, I would love so, that. So I don't know, I would, I, you know, not, not that it has to be in your head, but I'm so curious, like if you were to pick a, a topic or an idea or maybe even a skill or, or something. That's maybe how you might've delivered it before where you might've been approaching it as a, in, a, in a teaching sense and how it looks if you approach it in a, in a, in a facilitating sense, if it's possible. I, you know, it doesn't have to be, but I'm curious what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, now I might put, I might give them something, an idea to play with. For example, what we talked with is um, sensing where the earth is through your own body and then um, start to feel that through the floor, through the walls, through whatever objects may be in the space and then working with a person and just letting them go with it. And then having, letting them have a conversation about how that was, like what came up. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then if there's confusion or if something's like actually still not landing, <laughs> um, then I might have them do a particular, uh, a particular exercise such as like two people standing and upper bodies leaning into each other at, with different amounts of weight. So lightweight, which would mean their feet are closer together and more weight where their feet are further apart. So they're sharing more weight. Um, and just have them share like when it feels really clear and when it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So kind of like putting them in the deep water first and then seeing what emerges rather than kind of going, oh, we're going to do this exercise first. Um, but it also depends on the group too. Like right now I have a group that has more experience or has some experience. Um, So it's almost like being in the deep water, then their own questions have to emerge themselves rather than me posing the questions for them. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea as you were describing it, it's such a simple, small little change where it's like, instead of saying in the beginning, this is what we're going to do. It just, you're just like, here's, the, here's a suggestion of a thing, do the thing and then share. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, the, the other thing I'm just, it's present because it was just last night. So we had two themes. That was one. And the other was, um, the not planning, you know, basically if, if you are planning what you're going to do next, make a different choice. 
And, you know, that takes a lot of awareness because <laughs> it's always moment to moment to moment to moment to moment. But that's actually where like the, the whole thing becomes super fun <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, the creativity happens. Um, and so it was interesting. One person said after, after, so I just gave them that, those two things to work with. And one person said that they um, kind of kept feeling like they got in their own way. Like, oh, I can't go there. I can't go there because I've done that before. I can't go there because I've done that before. And where this person came to is like, oh, it's way more subtle. It's way more subtle. Mm -hmm. And so these, these momentary, and I actually got that too in my dance that I was with somebody. I was like, oh, wow, rolling on the floor. Done this thousands and thousands of times. But it feels brand new because like in this particular moment, yes, I could keep going you know, in the trajectory where I'm going, but what happens if, you know, my head turns? Well, that changes everything. What happens if my fingers curl and my uh, core contracts? That changes everything, not only physically, but the emotional state, the imagination, like these little things, mm -hmm. like are the creative moments. Mm -hmm. Right. I it's think like, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and think, oh my God, I've got to like be creative. And then again, it doesn't emerge out of what's already happening. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and like, even the way that I walk down the street, if I go for a walk after we're done chatting right now, it's never going to be the same as any other walk that I've done because I'm never going to walk that exact same path on that exact same surface. The sun is not going to be in that exact same place. The wind is not going to be blowing in the exact same way. So all of that make that walk a unique and one of a kind walk. Uh-huh. And, and, and that can be celebrated in the same way. Right. Even if I've been walking for 37 years. Right. And, and also what is going to make that like a completely unique walk is your presence with what is happening and unfolding each moment. If you're in your head and thinking about, you know, right. what you're going to make for dinner, mm -hmm. you know, it, it could be the same walk. <laughs> right. You know? Right. But if you're there and you're, oh, I hear something and let the head turn and then, oh, that reminds me of this thing. And all of a sudden you're in this moment of like, I remember being at whatever Disney world as a kid and hearing in my, and, and you know, all the things, the, the all at once-ness. Right. Totally. Mm -hmm. So even just a walk, is this unique one of a kind walk if if yeah. we if we allow it to be yeah mm -hmm. and when you go even just a walk then it's just like everything everything mm -hmm. can be yeah i'm i'm curious about because i know you know you and i got to spend some time together before i left but we never really talked about some of the other work that you do as well and you and you alluded to a little bit of like the somatic work and i would I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of where to start here. Okay. Um, I 
Well, kind of zooming out, I feel like what holds everything. So I, I have been teaching yoga for, I don't know, 27 years and Pilates for a long time and contact. And then I'm a, a somatic psychotherapist and a life coach. And I'm now in this <clears throat> mentoring coaches and um, facilitators um, in training. So anyway, when I kind of look at like what all those things have to do with each other, um, they, to me, they actually all have to do with embodiment and this, uh, like, how do we, how do we support flow and integration in these bodies so that our creative life force can be available and to relate to others, to be in the world, to, um, yeah, to not get stuck in our, you know, old belief patterns that are, are limiting us in about who we are and what is possible. So I feel like in the, in my coaching work and somatic psychotherapy, it's a lot about helping people see kind of their patterns where they're stuck. And those are always held somewhere in the body. <laughs> and, um, you know, we can spin in circles around, around stories, but if we go to the body, it's kind of a direct way in. It's like, oh, wow, there's tension there. Oh, well, you know, and then getting to the belief that's held in the tension. Oh, I'm not good enough. You know, so that's why I'm contracting. <laughs> um, um, and then using the resource of the body, the mind-body relationship as a way to shift that energet energetics around the belief and then start to create new pathways, new, new neural pathways in the brain, but also in the body so that ultimately there's more choice and more choice to choose um, the life that you want kind of moment to moment. Um, so I kind of look at like kind of two streams in, in my work, which is one is more like the therapeutic healing. And then the other part, which often shows up in dancing and contact improvisation is there is that element, but there's also just kind of the transpersonal of like, let's let's just go into the into the muse let's go into the creative zone and you know that there's nothing like that's more uh satisfying than being in that place of magic and creating in the magic mm. um yeah yeah i wonder how much they yeah i mean you can talk about this but as you were as you were talking about how they they support one another, mm -hmm. it kind of made me think of of how I've started to imagine practice with this mm -hmm. the idea of like free play being a component, mm -hmm. and then having maintenance, which would be to some degree the things that we need to work on that we observe through f free play, right. right? Right, and then and then technique are maybe the defined tools that we find also through free play. Like, oh, I, 
if I had these techniques, maybe I could navigate this free play with more creativity potentially or right. more tools for creativity. Totally. And, as, and as you're talking about your work, I'm like, they kind of feed one another, right? Like we can be doing wow. this like this somatic work and then going over and doing the contact improvisation, the free play mm-hmm. and getting this kind of like dance between the two of being like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm free playing and I can walk away and have some feedback. And now I have things that I can go and work on in this other space, right? Yeah, and it, but it actually goes both directions. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so sometimes like the skills in contact improvisation, and again, I'm going back to the, the, one of the fundamental ones is our relationship to the earth. That directly translates into um, healing work. You know, if people don't feel grounded, <laughs> they don't feel rooted if they don't, which has to do with, you know, safety. And it's really on a physical level. We need to know where the earth is, but then that shows up psychologically, like in all kinds of ways. So I feel like it goes both ways, you know, mm-hmm. the skills of one can support the freedom of or the other, or the, the play of the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's fascinating. Do you have people who come in and, and work with you kind of in both spaces? I have had, yes. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm just thinking because some, especially this year, because of the pandemic, there were many people I knew from the contact improvisation world that then you know, worked with me in a more uh, therapeutic way. And there has been some go the other way, but it's usually that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think especially because of this year, because of the circumstances of this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really fun to work with people in that way because it's like, oh, they already know something or in curiosity about the body and improvisation. And so there's... Uh, like bringing that mindset of curiosity, of listening, of not knowing, of tuning into the body, all of those things are directly applicable to um, more psychological work. And um, actually are not just applicable, but they're incredibly supportive. Yeah. Well, then, and then you also have people, you know, who, who are willing to approach it in the in this playful way. Yeah. Right, which is always like, um, which is always satisfying. You know, when you have playful people, they they're 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 excited to to make discoveries. They don't need to decide on the discoveries in advance. Totally. I mean, really, honestly, I think. If you can't play in life, then why bother? (laughs) I don't know. That's where I'm at in my life. Mm -hmm. It's just like play is is pretty much on the top Mm -hmm. of my priorities. But it's play because of that there's like a depth. It's Mm -hmm. not just like surface level play. It's it's like 
it's play because there's incredible choice to, to, to approach things with play. It's not like the only way to approach things, but it's like, oh, I want to have fun here in this moment. So, mm-hmm. and I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, sometimes I think that, um, I feel like I've, I've thought about this a bit recently, but you know, so, somehow play and, and, and joy and, and fun have become like stigmatized almost like as if like uh, it's, it's not a sign of like, um, I don't know the, what we're supposed to be doing as humans or something, but uh-huh. yeah. Like a being a, a wise evolved human or, or something. Yeah. Or thinking. Yeah. And I mean, when you think about it, like, I mean, when I read about like Zen masters and stuff, they were like very funny. Mm-hmm. You know, like so much of what they were doing was just improv. That's all. I mean, when I read about it, it sounds like, you know, improv comedy classes. Right. That it was in some ways it was like the sign of being present. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I think, I think there has been, you know, like a bit of like, if you're on a spiritual light, on a spiritual path, you've got to be you know, there's a kind of a seriousness um, associated with it. And yeah, it's like anything, there's discipline, like there's the being a disciple, being uh, putting your attention there again and again and again to go deeper. (laughs) And if you can't like see the humor in it all, you can't play with it, then, then you're pretty stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty stuck. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I used to, I used to, I used to have this theater teacher in college, who who often said, "We're going to play with deadly seriousness." Uh-huh. Still emphasize the play as if like we're playing, but you're going to be committed, and it's like life or death, but never forget that you are playing. Uh-huh, right. It's not just like, we're going to come in and, and be serious with seriousness. Right. You know, it was just like, never forget that like, it, when we're playing, that means we're, we're here to be surprised. We're doing it. Surprised. To be- yeah, and to like, zoom out and get the big picture. Mm-hmm. Like, I think play, you've got to have that big picture. It's like, um, yeah, you just can't take any of it seriously. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Like something could be looked at on, you know, this way when we're serious, it's sometimes we get so linear and it's just like, there's a billion ways to approach any moment. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's profound. I think, uh, I think you're right. I think play facilitates the opportunity to like find all many, many more avenues and streets. Mm-hmm. Right. I think maybe that's like, um, one of the, one of the sad things about something like a Google maps, for instance, uh-huh. right. 
we like, right. you know, when we're playing, we're, we're kind of willing to get lost. Totally. And we, when we have this life right now that like <laughs> doesn't allow us to get lost very often. Yeah. 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 And there, that what's something you brought up earlier is, um, you know, to play, to improvise, you have to be willing to be wrong or make mistakes or fail, however, whatever words you want. But then like, that's the energy for the next thing. Um, so, but I think we have such a fear of, fear of that as not, not as that moment <laughs> going to be not what we expected, but then we make it all about ourselves. Like <laughs> I am, I am a wrong person. I'm a bad person. I'm a failure mm -hmm. instead of just this moment. That's what happened. <laughs> well, in some ways the mistake might actually be the most honest moment of the moment. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's kind of a gift. Yeah. And then yeah, totally. And then it can be the door to the next amazing thing that you could have never have imagined. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it almost needs to be imagined as if like, when you feel yourself following, rather than thinking that the ground is underneath you, that it's like a trap door that opens to like wonderland. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I really do think that, um, that this quality we're talking about is, to me, it's part of the spiritual path. It's like, I don't want my path, <laughs> my spiritual path, if I can't have this, if I can't develop this, then it's missing something huge, mm -hmm. uh, which is the ability to like open to life and trust and open again and again and again and not know and open and imagine and let let what wants to be revealed in that next moment reveal itself <laughs> yeah I, th I, th I think that's like you know that's what that's what people have been talking about for thousands of years it's almost like you know over time it's like been more and more clear that it was going in a different direction that it was going into this place of like control certainty win maintain status quo and it's almost like there were these people who are like waving the flags all along the way being like wait 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 there's there this is not the only way yeah 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 i love all the play that you bring into what you're doing it's so awesome Thank you. Yeah. I, um, not, not just the, I mean, it's not, it's, it's the things that you do, but it's also who you are, like the playful attitude. Thank you. Yeah. And that means a lot coming from you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's a recognition of, of a similar, similar orientation of like, yeah, this is pretty cool. This play thing is pretty cool. This improvisation is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Well, I, I always, I always come back to my friend, Marlo. I feel like I, I, you know, I always repeat myself, but it was so, it was such a powerful moment when I just asked her, I said, well, what, what do you feel like we don't talk about enough in, in movement? And she said, how our practice and teaching can reflect the changes we want to see in the world. Mm 
-hmm. And it just really went off like an explosion in front of me. And, mm. you know, I found myself really being with some of these things. And I came to things like welcoming uncertainty and welcoming surprise and all this. But I realized there was like, I don't know, the umbrella of like playfulness. Mm -hmm. It kind of captures so many of these things. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like that, I really do wish for that and not play, you know, playing to win. That's why, you know, Right. as opposed to like a finite way of playing but like the right. infinite way of playing um and i and i and i i wish for that and i and i i realize i use it as like a north star i feel like sometimes people show up and teach really wonderful content and the content oh. can be amazing but there's not a north star or there's not a message right but i'm like sometimes i find so like even hearing you talk it's like in some ways you're talking about like a message or a north star and then the content kind of fills in underneath that on its own. Yeah, in a way, the content isn't that important. I mean, I, I love contact improvisation, but it could be really anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, people were like, don't oh, you miss contact improvisation this last year? And I was like, yeah, I miss it. But, you know, if, if I never did it again, I'd be totally fine because it's not about the form so much. It's, it's about what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so I just looping back around to um yeah how it shows up like in daily life so yesterday or two days ago I took some clothes to be repaired to this shop and this older man you know is he was I was passing in my clothing and he saw this ring I have on which is a stone and um and he brings out his hand, he like clicks his, his stone to my stone. And it was just this really fun, playful moment of connection. And, um, you know, this older man, I don't know how old he is, like 75 or 80. And just this like recognition of this moment that we can play. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, and I could have been like scared, like, what's he doing with his hand on my, you know, <laughs> but it's just those, those kind of opportunities that can happen many, 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 many times in a day. Mm -hmm. And it makes a difference in somebody's life. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. um, when I was, as you were saying before, you were talking about patterns. Uh -huh. And when I spoke to Al Mug a while back, he talked about patterns and, and, and hearing you talk about it reminded me of so many things about how we are like pattern machines. Uh -huh. we, we like find patterns, we stick to patterns. Like, as you were kind of alluding to, it's like some of the patterns we hold are like the signs of like trauma and things like that. And, you know, this is the breaking of patterns. Like, you know, patterns are what we've decided is our like either our cultural norm or our communal norm or our personal norm and challenging those over and over. Like, you know, whether we find them intentionally or find them by accident through something like play, it's like, oh, that changed the pattern of your day. That or something that you had a pattern for, the little clanking and like, oh, <laughs> amazing. Right. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, that's a big topic, the pattern thing. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think there's a certain, you know, a certain amount of pattering that that we have to have in order to just like exist if we had no patterns. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you know, I don't know. I guess this is a big spiritual question too, mm-hmm. you know, but it's there are some it's like how much how much of that patterning gives us enough grounding and stability and roots so that there's enough play, you know, whether that patterning is in, okay, I have a daily movement practice or the patterning is I eat, I eat meals a day, you know, or just some really basic things that then allow us to be grounded enough to start to open and shift. Yeah, it's 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 finding that like delicate. I mean, it's also it's like the it's that dance of like the the ego and the true self. You know, like oh, like how do they get to like play nicely together as opposed to like one dominating the other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how does the ego, uh, you know, have enough <laughs> enough support, <laughs> <laughs> but not so that it's it's in it's it's the uh, driver, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I, I I think a lot of um of Bill Murray, you know, Bill Murray the actor. Uh, what are you thinking about him? So there's a documentary that came out like a year or two ago about him and it's called Mm -hmm. the Bill Murray stories Mm -hmm. because, and and I had a friend who had one of these Bill Murray stories where Bill Murray just kind of pops in and out of things in places and events randomly. Mm -hmm. And it has for years and years and years where he'll show up at some people's wedding or he'll show up at this random event or he, you know, here, there, I mean, it's in the background of pictures out of nowhere. Um, because he, he kind of does a he does a lot of the clanking of the ring. Uh-huh. Right. That's kind of, but that's kind of his life. He's like, I want to walk around and like find rings to clank. Right. And it's so magical and, 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 a real beautiful, playful way to like navigate all of life. And it's a, it's this real refreshing reminder that like improvisation doesn't have to happen in certain, within certain contexts. Like it's all, it's all improvisation all at once right now. We're doing, you and I are improvising right now and then this is our dance. Yeah, totally. And that's, and that's, (laughs) that's when life becomes really amazing. You know, when, Mm -hmm. when you open to that, and of course we go back and they're like, oh, I got to deal with this bill or this crisis or whatever, but there's something around when we can, like the more we can practice the improvisation, mm-hmm. um, I think the more fun life is, the more possibilities are there. Yeah. You know, it's so, it's, it just seems so, 
every day, right? There's like new technologies that come around to like create more certainty for us. Every day there's like new things where it's like, well, this thing will be taken care of and this thing will be taken care of like the Google maps or like the, you know, some sort of timer that turns the lights on and off at certain time, whatever these things are. And sometimes I think to myself, oh, where's the proper line in the sand for those, th for some of those things, because we don't really need any of it. Where's that right. nice line where we're like, it's not always certain, you know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I'm just thinking a friend of mine um, she just got diagnosed with ALS and, um, she gave a, a workshop on death a few days ago that I attended and in the facing of her own death, since it's on average, people live two to three years after diagnosis. Um, she was talking about Can we, can we just keep practicing? I don't know. <laughs> and practicing being available in the moment. And, um, you know, you can go into, into stories about fear, fear about death or fear about, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but let go of the story, come back to the body Feel what's ever present in the body. And it will, like you said, it will change. Everything changes. <laughs> Everything's ephemeral. It will change. Uh, we can go in the story and the story can just like get more and more and more and more uh, the same story, the more we repeat it in our head. But if we go into the body, the body changes, the sensations change, the emotions that are held in the body change. And um, so I was just thinking about that and what you were just saying. Um, about how so much of our culture is trying to create certainty or, you know, certain, um, yeah, certainty. And really there is none. <laughs> and the more that we can get comfortable with that, and I think one way to get comfortable with that is... Um, Yeah, this is the practice of improvisation, which is like going to the place of, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to listen. And then from that listening, something will happen. But I don't have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. yeah. When that's what every other being is doing right now without like the level of consciousness that we have. They're mm -hmm. walking out there pretty much I don't know about every, everything that they're doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I often feel like we, we try to like knowledge our way through life and knowledge our way around our, our billions of years of intelligence that's already there in us that like, that will react, that will like do the thing. Uh-huh. 
You know, like if my hand is, if I put my hand on a burning pan, my, my, my ego doesn't have to say, ouch, that's hurting. And then tell my hand to pull it off. Right. I'm going to have that like deeper thing, pull it off. And then I will reflect on how much it hurts. Right. You know, and you know, we, we have this, we have this magic. I think just think that we try to like logic, reason, knowledge around everything, uh-huh. you know, like all the thinking. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just makes me reflect on, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> reflecting on, so I practiced yoga a long time mm-hmm. and, um, I really wanted to learn and be a good yogi, you know? And uh, so uh, there was a period of time back in the 90s, probably the decade of the 90s, when I was really focusing on taking workshops and classes and trainings in yoga. And um, I was doing it at the expense of really listening to my body because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to learn this pose or that pose or do this challenging thing or that one. And, and there was a certain emphasis of the teachers that I had that were pushing that and were also equating that if I were doing this difficult pose that I would be more spiritual. (laughs) (laughs) So the actual learning I got from now that experiences, because I got injuries, which I still have now from that, is that the whole point isn't, (laughs) isn't being able to perform some pose or do some movement or whatever, or some trick. It's about the consciousness you bring with whatever's happening. And um, so I was trying to do these things, but in a certain way I was being violent to my own body because I wasn't listening to the subtle messaging of my body and now I'm paying for it. So how was I looping this back to what you were saying? Um, there's something around like, again, that, that moment to moment listening that it, it we're trying to get somewhere um, and you know, this has been said millions of times, it, it's like not necessarily the destination, it's the journey, it's, it's the process, it's the attentiveness you bring, it's the listening, it's the playfulness, it's the heart you bring into whatever you're doing. Because mm-hmm. in the end, we're all going to die anyway. Did you enjoy the journey? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Right. Or are you going to be upset when you get to the end that you didn't get the one pose? Totally. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like, it's like, so what? So what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always, I, you know what I think about? I, I, I was never into like, I was never a fan of Le- Leonard Cohen up until recently and not because I didn't, wouldn't have liked it. I just never really listened, but he's got this great song called anthem and one of the lines is where he talks about um the there's there's a crack in everything it's where the light gets in Mm -hmm. and i think it's so beautiful 
and I was thinking about that line as you were talking about the poses and that like those are the, you know, getting all the poses was as if it was like this perfect vase without the cracks. Right. And, you know, I think, I think it's in Wabi Sabi art where they yeah. Yeah. paint the gold in the cracks. Yeah. And I wish for more of that, you know, like I wish for us to, to, to look more at the cracks as like the things that make these things unique and beautiful and not the thing that makes it the reason to throw it away. Right. You know, and, and maybe someone listens, thinks that I'm still talking about an object like a vase, but I'm like with ourselves, you know, like, you know, the, the, the cracks are, those are our birthmarks. Right. You've probably heard of the sacred wound. Mm-hmm. Like that, the, the image of the sacred wound that, you know, it's the cracks. It's the places we've hurt and been vulnerable or that are, are our gifts. And um, so that's, that's been my journey. And then, you know, it's, it's been really true for me. Like the most challenging, difficult, hardest thing is now like, I am so glad it happened because it's my gift. And uh, I think there's something that's, you know, whether it's art or, or the movement or your, per, but your personal journey. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead, please, please. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you look at, I I live up in the mountains, so I see nature out my window. (laughs) And, um, you know, on one level, you could say it's just completely perfect. And then you, and then it's like, oh, there's dead trees, there's cracked, you know, there's a lightning strike in that tree. There's, um, all kinds of things happening in nature, which in a way we can go like, that's just nature, that's beautiful. But it's harder to see that in our human selves, to see the beauty in the decay, the beauty in the cracks, the beauty in the lightning strikes, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then there really are what we uniquely then, are in the world and bring to the world and give give to the world. And without the 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 cracks, um, our when we when we did contact improvisation together, mm-hmm. so much of whatever magic came out of it was from those cracks. You know, and it wouldn't have looked the same without the cracks. Uh huh. Say a little bit more. Um, you know, whether it's our, our personal cracks, right. Or the cracks that exist between us, you know, our, our size differences or any of the things that would make us imperfect partners, potentially, um, my lack of experience. Um, and then maybe their physical challenges. You talked about your like yoga injuries and, you know, I have, particular mobility issues, for instance, that like I give me certain limitations, but like 
it was the combination of all of those cracks and imperfections that brought us into like moments that were like unique unto themselves that would never exist between two other people in another moment in that way. And like, like that, that is life. That's magic. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, you know, JK Rowling can't even write about that kind of magic. Right. Mm. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were talking about that, I was like, okay, what were some of the cracks I brought into that dance? And mm-hmm. um, uh, because of some of the yoga injuries, I, I have some back issues. And um, so it, it forces me to be really, really attuned to the alignment of weight through my spine. Like I can't get away with things mm-hmm. that I might've, if I hadn't had those injuries. And so that's the gift. That's where the light comes in because, um, because I'm, it, it makes me listen on a deeper level. <laughs> And it makes me attune on a deeper level, be more present to myself and to you in the dance. And then your presence in that moment Uh feeds me information that I might not have gotten otherwise. Right. Right. Because I'm feeling your reactions and actions to and with me. Mm -hmm. And I probably can't attach words to any of these things, but like, right. I'm feeling you move in your way with that awareness and intention. And right. that feeds me information that I'll carry with me. Yep. So like your crack f- feeds my process moving forward. Yeah, totally. You know, and that's, I, right. I, like I said, I mean, that's, it's, it's so magical. That's right. It's like, and again, the, it's the wound or the crack then becomes the light and the gift. Mm-hmm. In so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the uniqueness, it's the, it's, it, it adds to that, like, beautiful, like, ephemeral imperfection, mm-hmm. but perfect in all, its, in, in all those ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, I do think, uh, you know, we chatted right before I left about, you know, um, co, I'm not going to say co-teaching, I'm going to say co-facilitating. Um, <laughs> co-creating co-creating I, I, I think that in, in the future it would be so wonderful but also really uh, like a unique privilege for me to, 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 to co-create with you so I hope that we get to do that in the future oh I would love that I just have the intuition that it would be amazing mm-hmm. and I'll, I have no idea what it would look like but I don't, it, that doesn't matter like the details don't matter it's kind of the energy of like, oh, that would be really, really great experience, uh, you know, on a personal level. But I think it'd be an incredible offering to whoever shows up, you know, yeah. <laughs> wherever that is in the world. <laughs> yeah, Where, wherever it happens to be, the most uh, populated or the most remote place or anywhere in between. <laughs> I think it would just, just this, I love the idea of, um, like the cross-pollinating, the, you know, 
the the threads of lineage of information of practices coming together so that then something else can emerge from that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what that yeah. is doesn't need to be known until it happens <laughs> yeah and that, i mean that's kind of what you were saying about like um content not really being the the driving force of anything it's you know no. if they're if, if we if we share a a message or, or very similar messages like that's enough to like get the ship in the absolutely. water absolutely and that is way more important than content mm-hmm. yeah because the content happens you know and you've got enough content i've got enough content you know decades of content you know it, it's there yeah but it's not the driving it's not the cat it's not the north star it's yeah well mm-hmm. i mean you're you're probably similar in this way that's like the more i felt passionate about a certain message the less i would ever have to prepare anything to show up to to present any ideas and be like well when i get there whoever it is and whatever it looks like we'll we'll plant a couple seeds and then we'll let the trees grow where they where how they want to yeah yeah exactly mhm yeah well we will, um, you know, we'll keep our, our conversation going uh, as we go forward here. And, and I, I, even if it's in Boulder or if it's wherever, or, you know, maybe we'll cross paths in Europe, whatever it is, we, I, I really wish for this because I just, I, you know, selfishly, I think it would be really fun, but selflessly, I, I, I agree with you. I think it could be such a, a, a wonderful offering uh, to, um, to anybody who's there, as you said. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think it's going to happen. That's my feeling. Yeah. <laughs> even, even, <laughs> even if it's by accident, even if it's by accident, it's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just, I think when there's a strong yes here and a strong yes there, I'm like, oh, this curiosity and desire for co-creating something, mm-hmm. then then there's that's a lot of energy to to um, support something happening. I think that's maybe what I find so most thrilling about it is um, is the curiosity to see what it what it what that is what it what what does it look like. I think that's why I, I'm like, wow, that would that that would be wonderful to see what that looks like at the end. Yeah, totally. and in the and in the middle. In the, in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, if, if, if people want to connect with you or if they want to stay up on, on, on where you'll be teaching and, and scheduling and things like that, and how, how do they do that? Yeah, I have a website, aliciagrayson.com. And it's also embodyingessence.com. It takes you to the same web- website. Okay. So that's a good way to see what I'm up to. And also um, my email and such are, you can connect to me through that. And are you, um, I know that you were supposed to do, uh, you were supposed to be touring and teaching before COVID. Are, are, are you, are any of those dates rescheduled or anything? Yeah, um, yeah, the whole year. <laughs> Had to be rescheduled or canceled. And now some of it's being um, planned 
to happen. Uh, one of the places is uh, the country of Georgia. I'll be in September and the beginning of October. Really excited about that. And then maybe Germany, looking at uh, going back to Austria in 2020 in the spring, maybe Switzerland. So um, people are just, some people are just starting to look at things and others are a little hesitant to plan anything still because of the uncertainty of the pandemic. It's fair, I understand. But, it, yeah. but, but it's an exciting possibility for, for these things again. Completely, yeah, really exciting. Well, who knows, maybe that'll be it. I mean, like I said, we might be in Europe around the same time. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll be where the, this thing comes together. It could be. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I will, um, I'll be back in, you know this, I'll be back in Boulder for uh, a couple of days, I think before you leave. So hopefully I'll get to see you out there before you take off. Yeah, no, I'm putting it on the calendar that uh, Sunday before I leave, Sunday, July 10th or 11th or something, whatever the Sunday is. Yeah, that's our day. That's our day. All right, I can't <laughs> wait. I am so happy that we did this. It means, it means so much to me that you like, um, shared your time with me in this way. Oh, I love talking to you. Thank you for inviting me to have this conversation. Yeah, it means the world to me. I can't wait to see you. I'll see you in uh, almost exactly a month. Okay, great. Awesome. Have a great time in Florida. Thanks, Alicia. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks, Kyle. Bye.